Ma'am, can you hear me? Hi. Yeah. How are you? All right. How are you? Same. Good. Same. Same. I am good. I'm okay. All right. I for, at first I forgot that I said I'm all right. Uh, I was just like, how are you? How are you? <laughs> Same. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, that's not how greetings work. Yeah. I was like, I missed something. <laughs> well, hello to everyone else. Yes. Hi, guys. Hi. This is the first uh, f- official stay at home slash, excuse me, I just choked on my own saliva, quarantine uh, yeah. podcast episode that we're doing. Yep. Yeah, we're being responsible and we're staying at home. We are, and we're, as that blah, blah, word, yeah. mm-hmm. what that means is we're recording separately, so I can't yeah. read Anna's cues and yeah. all that goodness. Yeah, so you're probably going to hear long pauses as we're both like, what do we do now? <laughs> and talking <sighs> over each other. That'll yeah. be good. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yep, hopefully my cat won't wake up and be like, it's time for me to walk across your keyboard again. Oh, oh yeah. Because right before I sent you the link, mm-hmm. my puppies were like, you know what, mom? We need to whine. <laughs> you need to give us food right now. And I'm right like, but you don't eat now. until later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, no. And actually, it's right now. <laughs> it's it's feet o'clock. Please hurry. <laughs> yes, I'm like running upstairs. I'm like, okay, feed them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So we'll just do our, our, a minor introduction here. We're Northern Frights, mm-hmm. a podcast that talks about stuff in the Midwest. What kind of stuff? Spooky stuff. And true crime. <laughs> and true crime. Well, I said spooky stuff, so I feel like that encompasses true crime. It definitely can. But I will narrow it down. It's paranormal and true crime, if you weren't aware of what spooky stuff is. Yeah. And yeah. I'm you're Anna. Yep. That is me. You are you. And I'm me. All right, so some some notes I got (laughs) Mm -hmm. are you wanted to talk about um, a creepy dream and it had to do with your mom or your mom? Yeah, yeah. She was telling me, let's see, what did she say? She said she was sleeping in her room and she was, her, her room is like next to our porch. Okay. And she could hear this like scraping against the wall so it'd be like from the porch side and it sounded like kind of like cardboard being scraped against the wall just kind of like over and over Mm. and she's like what is that and then soon she could hear it like on the inside of her room (laughs) that is really creepy yeah and then she was telling me what day was it a couple nights ago I think or a couple days ago she was like were you yelling at the cats and I was like, I'm like, no, like not today. And she's just like, not she's today. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's just like, I could hear like something being yelled at the cats like during the night. And I was like, great, good. Gosh. <laughs> oh, I got the creepies. Yeah. So those awesome. were our creepy incidents recently. And that you and your mom now mm-hmm. have had things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, it's a great time. Well, once we're back in normal society, we should mm-hmm. um, really go and look at your house history and see if we can find anything. Well, I kind of have. And oh, the only, have yeah, I mean, the house was built, gosh, it was in the 20s or something, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was only one other family that had lived here oh, okay. before us. 
And like, Ew. yeah. And so like they bought the house from the guy, like the son who lived here. And he was living somewhere else, but he had the house, you know. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's interesting. Wow. A lot of stuff went down with the one family then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who is this family? What did they do? Am I going to, like, take off wallpaper one day and all of a sudden see, like, occult symbols just, like, drawn on the wall? Probably. Probably. You know what? You should do that on your time home. Yeah. You should just start ripping paint yeah. or whatever off. Yeah. My mom will be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, she'll be great. Yeah, she'll be like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> no problem. No, NBD. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about our listeners and our cool stats? Yeah. We, well, so... In like real news, <laughs> real news. Um, we've got like international listeners. How exciting! Yeah. More international listeners. I think. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Well, we were going through, and we're like, wow, we've got so many. Like, not like so many, but we appreciate you. Some inter- new international listeners. That's really exciting. We hope that you're still listening. Um, we also found out that all of our listeners are from the planet Earth. Wow. <laughs> I know. We really, really need to hit that we, um, alien yeah. market. Yeah, we really need to <laughs> branch out a little bit. Um, so if you know any Martians or anything out there who might be interested, please let them know. I'm sure they're interested in learning about the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would be, you know, they just yeah. found us. That's yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> apparently there's a French listener out there. There's not enough information to really help. Um, I know a little bit of uh, un peu uh, fran- français from when I took it in <laughs> high school. Um, what, what, what's the phrase that I always remembered? Oh my god, I don't even remember. That's okay. That's yeah. 100 years ago. That, it was literally a thousand <laughs> years ago I took French. I got out of high school. My brain was like, you don't need this no more. Mm-hmm. Yep. You barely know, totally. you barely know yeah. English. <laughs> yeah, they're like just focus on one language at one. <laughs> it's really kind of a lot to learn. So can you please just focus on just like certain pieces of language? That'd be great. <laughs> um, uh, next thing I have for a note is that um, you and I are gonna listen or read audio an audio. Yeah, yeah. So we were thinking it'd be kind of fun to do like a bit of a book club of sorts um, with you guys. We're listening to what is the book called again? I think I have it. I have it right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Osage Murders, and the Birth of the FBI. Yeah. So we found that recently. So we're going to try to listen to some of the chapters. I got an Audible uh, free trial. So I've got like 30 days to listen to it. So <laughs> yeah. And the, the author is David. Gran mm-hmm. G-R-A-N-N. Yeah. So listen along. Check it out. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, listen along with us and, or, or read it if you are able to get a copy of it or have a copy of it. And uh, we'll try yeah. to talk about it. What I was able to do is I went to our local um, library, not went to, I went to the website mm-hmm. of our library that I usually visit and they had it as an ebook mm-hmm. and an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so see if your library has it too, or like Anna said, your Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a few avenues you can try yeah. to see if you can find it. Yeah, I know for like our library, um, all of the 
like audible books were already rented out and I was like how does that work you know <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know technology that well but I feel like that's not like something that's like very limited but apparently I don't know anything so I'm guessing they like license let's say 50 mm, copies sure. and they pay for it or sure. whatever yeah and so they only can give out 50 that makes sense thank you for and using for- logic <laughs> yeah <laughs> For mine, um, I can only keep it for 21 days. Mm. And then after that 21 days, if it's available, I can renew it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it goes into the next person in line. And of mm. course, you can always get back in line. Yeah. Yeah. So the nice part is, is it makes you stay on top of it. Otherwise, it's gone. So. Right. Yeah. Like for, good. for me, it's like I, if I don't get it done in like 30 days, then I have to pay for Audible and I don't want to do that. So. No, no, no. <laughs> So what I think we'll do is we'll give a heads up when we're nearing the end of our readings mm-hmm. or listenings and then say like next week we'll uh, start discussing it. Yeah. So we'll definitely give uh, the listeners plenty of time to look into it. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine I'll listen to my audiobook all day long, right. but um, I also want to take notes. So yeah. um, once again, it's Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI by David Gran, mm-hmm. G-R-A-N-N. Yeah, will you uh, listen along with us? be exciting. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And then last note, and then we'll get on to the fun stuff, mm-hmm. is um, you had watched a movie on Amazon Prime. Is that something you want our listeners to look at? Yeah, too? I watched a movie called Imprint. Um, mm-hmm. It is a like thriller, supernatural thriller that takes place in South Dakota. Um, It's about this young woman who um, she's Native American and she is a lawyer and she does this one case um, in Denver and then she like gets the guy, you know, she's, he's guilty. He goes into, he's going to go to jail. Um, He's also another like Native American part of her reservation. Um, And she goes home because her father is dying and when she goes home, she starts seeing and hearing things in her house. And so she's, you know, what's going on? They're trying to figure out what it is, or she's trying to figure out what it is. Like her family can't hear it. Her dad is basically in like this kind of catatonic state. And he's starting to kind of like show her like some signs of like what's going on. Um, and it was it was really good. It's a very low budget movie. Like, okay. like filmed with your like camera type style thing (laughs) um but it was really good for being like a very low budget indie movie and it was it was interesting i would watch it if if you have amazon prime is this something you want to discuss or just a recommendation i would recommend it um if you want to watch it we can talk about it maybe like in a later episode but i would say definitely give it a shot all right sounds good all right, so we can't do paper, rock, scissors, mm-hmm. at least visually. Mm-hmm. So should we just do it verbally? Sure. All, All right. right, one, two, three. Paper. paper. Uh-oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> one, two, three. Rock. Scissors. Okay, I, oh, I beat you. Okay. All right. So today I am doing a true crime story. Can you still hear me? Because I moved my... Okay, good. I don't, I'm, again, I'm 9,000 years old, so I don't know how technology works. (laughs) You're the youngest. (laughs) I really am. My neck snapped yesterday, and it was, like, the loudest snap that it ever made, and I was really impressed by it. It was just like, oh, I'm made out of marbles. I don't know. 
Okay. So today I'm doing a true crime story. It's on Jody Wiesentruitt. I don't know if I'm pronouncing okay. her last name correctly. Um, have you heard of her? No. You might know her as I'm talking about it because it was pretty, it's a pretty famous one. Okay, so Jody was born on June 5th, 1968 in Long Prairie, Minnesota. Her parents were Maurice and Imogene Wiesentruitt. Um, in high school, she played golf, winning Class A tournaments in 1985 and 1986. She received a bachelor's in mass communications and speech communications in 1990 at St. Cloud State University. Her first job right out of college was at Northwest Airlines, which is now Delta. Okay. <laughs> Bang crash. Um, <laughs> her broadcasting career started at KGAN in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, she returned to Minnesota for a job at K Sachs in Alexandria, Minnesota. And then she left that job to return to Iowa to be a news anchor at KIMT. Okay. On June 27th, 1995, Jody was scheduled to report to work by about 4 a.m. Her producer, Amy Coons, noticed that she had not arrived yet and called Jody to see where she was. When she reached Jody, she said that she had overslept. She just woke up and she was preparing to leave for the KIMT station. By about 6 a.m., Jody still had not arrived at the station and her producer went on air in her place. Um, when she still had not arrived, by 7 a.m., the station decided to call the Mason City Police. Okay. It should be noted that the night before her disappearance, she had visited a friend of hers named John Vansich at his apartment to see a video of her birthday party that John had filmed, which like today, can you imagine like somebody being like, hey, you want to come over to my house to see the birthday party video that I made for you? (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, can you just put it on Instagram and I'll I'll watch it there? (laughs) Can you just, like, send Yeah, so it's like, here, come to my house and look at this birthday party video. Was it on VH? I would imagine so. <laughs> or 1995, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So police arrived at her apartment shortly after the call came in to perform a welfare check. They There they found that her Mazda Miata was left in the parking lot, um, and evidence of a struggle surrounding her car was seen. They could see blood and drag marks near her car, and they were able to lift an unidentified palm print from her vehicle. Some personal items were found by her car, including a hair dryer, a bottle of hairspray, a red pair of shoes, and a bent car key. During the investigation, neighbors reported hearing screams or animal noises outside during the time that she had been leaving for work. Um, They also reported seeing a white Ford van parked with its lights on, an engine running in the apartment parking lot about that time. A large investigation and search for Jody was started like that next day, basically. Police, FBI, and the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation all took part in the search for Jody. They scoured the countryside. They searched the nearby Winnebago River and its banks, but they could not find any trace of Jody. In September of 1995, Jody's family hired private investigators in Minneapolis called McCarthy and Associates Investigative Services Incorporated, um, and that group enlisted the help of private investigator Doug Jossa from Omaha. Both McCarthy and Jossa have appeared on America's Most Wanted in Unsolved Mysteries talking about her disappearance. 
In November of 1995, Jody's family traveled to Los Angeles to meet with three prominent psychics, and they all appeared on the pilot of Psychic Detectives. Many leads came from their appearances on Psychic Detectives, America's Most Wanted, and Unsolved Mysteries, but no concrete evidence or identification of a suspect came from any of these appearances. Yum, yum, yum. In May of 1996, around 100 volunteers searched an area around Cerro Gordo County, which is part of the Mason City, Iowa, where she was living. And they marked the area with flags to see if they could like for anything that they found suspicious. Um, each site was reexamined by law enforcement, but no promising evidence was ever located. In May of 2001, Jody was legally declared dead. Um, in June of 2008, photocopies of Jody's personal journal were sent anonymously to a local newspaper, the Mason City Globe Gazette, and the journal had been in possession of police since like the beginning of the investigation. So like, how did this show up here? Um, days later, the wife of a former Mason City police chief came forward as the one who mailed in the copies. Her, yeah, her husband had apparently taken home copies of the journal when he had left office. There was no motive ever given for why she did it. Oh, okay. Why mm-hmm. she sent it in? Yep. Just okay. kind of just sent them in. Um, in December of 2016, a retiring state representative, John Cooker, wrote an opinion piece in the Northwest Iowa Review and suggested a cover-up by Mason City officials and Jody's disappearance. He had been a member of the Iowa State House Public Safety Committee during her disappearance. Um, And this kind of relates to a report from a former Mason City police officer, Maria Ohl, who accused two Mason City police officers and a retired Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation agent of being involved in her, her possible abduction and murder. Mm-hmm. Ole stated in her accusation that she had received information from an informant in 2007 and 2009 that Lieutenant Frank Stearns, Lieutenant Ron Vandy Weird, and Bill Bassler were involved in her abduction. And when she reported it to her superiors, she never heard anything back about it. She was terminated for her accusations, and no actual evidence was ever brought forward to make like the accusations credible. So, okay, so it sounds like they killed the whistleblower. Well, they whatever. didn't. I mean, she is still alive. Yeah, oh, she was just alive, fired. They, they yeah. fired the yeah. whistleblower. Okay. Yep, okay. but nothing like from her accusations were ever corroborated. So whether or not there was an actual cover-up, we'll never know probably. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? Okay. In 2019, billboards were put up through Mason City by findjody.com. That had her picture in the words, <clears throat> excuse me, someone knows something, is it you on them? One board had been vandalized with Frank Stearns and machine shed spray painted on it. Mm-hmm. They didn't like check out Frank Stearns, but nothing kind of really came forward from it. Okay. Um, since Jody's disappearance in June 1995, there have been countless leads and possible persons of interest, but never an arrest nor any evidence that has led to any ideas as to where Jody is or what exactly happened to her. Her mother, Emma Jean, passed in 2014, never knowing what happened to her daughter. Her case has been brought up in multiple, t- multiple times on various shows, like 2020, 48 Hours, and Nancy Grace. And many articles and podcasts have been talked about her disappearance and speculated over what could have happened to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Two persons of interest have come up through the years, one being John Vansich, 
2017, search warrants were executed on two of his cars for possible GPS data. Um, nothing has really been shown in like different articles that I saw about like if anything came up from it. Um, another person was convicted rapist Tony Jackson, and he was looked into it because he had lived about two blocks away from the actual TV station she worked at, and he reportedly confessed to her murder to his cellmate. But, nice. but nothing, okay. no evidence ever said that those claims were real. So okay. Jody may still be a cold case, but her family, friends, and police have not stopped in the search to find her. And that is the story okay. of Jody Weasen Truitt. Mm-hmm. I love that. <coughs> that that actually does sound a yeah. little familiar. Like I've seen it on the news here a lot, so Yeah. And I'm sorry, when did you, what year? Nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. Oh ninety five, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. So she had clothes that were found by her car. I'm curious if that was like work clothes. Like well, it was just her shoes work. that they found. Mm-hmm. Shoes. Um, well, yeah. oh yeah, but uh, they had like hairspray. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff was what they found. Maybe she was at, at the. Gym, <clears throat> well, she was at her. She was at her apartment, so I'm guessing she was trying to like get ready and get to the station because she was late. Okay. Oh, okay. They did. They apparently oh, did find like some clothes near that river. Uh, near her house or her apartment, but they were never able to like say that it was actually hers or not. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. Okay. I have those ones where they're just missing is. Mm-hmm. So oh, and I should say the links to that I had used are Wikipedia, unsolvedmysteries.com, findjody.com. It was like medium.com, I believe. Um, and pretty much like the first page of Google when you look her up. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's very s- well, yeah, it's really her. sad. It is. I hate when parents or yeah. um, close people dying before they find- dying yep. they never know. Yeah. There's a picture so of like sad. her and her mom in one article and I was like, oh, it's very sad. Yeah. I know. Especially since we're like mm-hmm. so close to our moms. It'd be mm-hmm. really crazy. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So there. Now we started off on a sad note. What do you got? <laughs> I have one that I think will make people smile. So that's a fun one. I also want to say, I'm really sorry. Layla is outside my door. Oh, I I thought I could hear like little. (laughs) (laughs) I gave her food. Uh, I don't know what her problem is. She's like, you're in there and I'm out here and you're not letting me in there. And Well, right as you started, she came in in here Mm because I had the door open and she's whining and I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) inside my head. So I tried to get her to sit on the chair mm-hmm. she sits in, but she's like, no, we gotta, like, wait. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're recording, she's like, no, time for walks. Yeah, it's most likely what it is, because we've been doing that all week on break. Now, yeah. break, so most likely yeah. that's what it is. Okay, Yay. so here's mine. It is about... Yay! I love it. So, um, one of my main reasons I was trying to think why do I love UFO stories so much and I think it's because if um, they really are out there like just thinking about all the different beings what they look like and like Mm -hmm. stuff like that but also like their society Mm -hmm. structure how they function if they're similar or way different Mm -hmm. or whatever but 
Anyways, I just find it really fun. So this case that I found happened two months after the Val Johnson incident. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so um, I believe that was episode, geez, I wrote it and now I can't find it. Episode three. So if you want to hear about um, both these incidents, mm-hmm. listen to this one. And then Val Johnson's on episode three. Very good. Yeah. And I, um, uh, let's see here. So I found this case. I was looking at um, Twin Cities UFO and mm-hmm. Research Group, which I then figured out was part of that mm-hmm. um, yep. bond. Yep. Remember that? Mutual UFO mm-hmm. network. <laughs> And so once I found it on the um, research group, I Googled it. And then I found this article that actually was put out by TPT, um, which is on our TVs here at home. It's like yeah. channel two. It's, it's PBS. One of free channels, right? PBS. Okay. I was like, I know it. Mm-hmm. I just can't think of what the name yeah. is that people would know. But anyways, so this happened October 29, 1979. And it is a case uh four zero three eight. And um you know how we have like the Val mm-hmm. Johnson incident? This person's mm-hmm. never named interesting. I I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming it's a male uh they um this is back in you know seventy nine mm-hmm. so um they talk about their wife uh, as well. It, so it's, this is back in seventy nine when women did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> no but being that they saved okay. my wife Susan yeah. and the times, I'm assuming yeah. it's a male. <laughs> <laughs> so most of it, I'm going to read um, his statement of the incident word for word, except for I did take some stuff out that um, okay. was just extra. All right, so here we go. At the time of this incident, I was 25 years old and was a sergeant military mm. police officer on active duty in the U.S. Army. I had departed Fort Wainwright, Alaska, a few days earlier and was driving to my next duty station, which was Fort Mm. Snelling, Minnesota. We had turned off Highway 29 in North Dakota and were headed east on Highway 1 in Marshall Mm. County, Minnesota. I was driving a 1977 Chevrolet. My wife, Susan, was in the car with me, and we were just past the town of Alvarado, when we, des- um, when we observed an extremely bright light on the road, approximately mm. one mile ahead. After about a minute or so, we determined that whatever it was, it was moving because we were not closing in on it. Now, being the cocky young military policeman that I was, I decided that I was going to find out what this light was. I accelerated to a high speed, which I'm gl- guessing is close to 100 mm. miles per hour. As I started closing in on the light i observed that the light was extremely bright yellowish (laughs) light which appeared to be approximately uh, four to six feet in diameter it was above the center lines in the road and was about three to four feet above the road surface Mm -hmm. so it's like floating as i got within 100 yards of the light traveling at 100 miles per hour it suddenly came off the center lines into my or into the middle of my lane and was coming right at me i immediately locked up the brakes and swerved onto the shoulder of the roadway everything in the car Hmm. flew into the front seat instantly the light was back to approximately a mile ahead of us again now i was ticked off 
I took off again and determined was determined to see what the light was. Again, I got within approximately 100 yard, um, yards of the light, and it suddenly came off the center lines into the middle lane and was coming right at me again. I immediately locked up the brakes and swerved onto the shoulder of the roadway, and instantly the light was back to approximately one mile ahead of us again. This time, I was able to observe that the bottom portion of the light merged into a brighter, whiter light than the rest of it. It was so bright that we had to squint our eyes when we were closing in on it. Now, I was really (laughs) pissed off. So off I went after it for a third time and with about the same result results however this time i estimated that we came within 30 to 50 Mm. feet of the object and we almost hit it at that point we decided not to try that anymore (laughs) his wife was like no we followed it yeah she's like stop it (laughs) we followed it at a safe distance for a couple more minutes i turned my lights on and off and flashed my brights at it a few times but just (laughs) kept heading down the road then it just disappeared I thought it maybe had gone out of sight down a hill, but there was no hill. About a mile later, we entered the town of Warren, mm. Minnesota. As we continued past the town, we observed a bright light in our rear view mirror. We watched it for about a minute, and then it disappeared. I don't know if it was what we chased or if it was just another mm. car that was behind us. We talked about what had happened, trying to figure out what the heck the ob- object was. I don't know if a UFO was high on your list because one would think of UFOs as mm. flying away, not playing a dangerous mm. game of cat and mouse mm-hmm. in Northwest Minnesota. You would think. <laughs> yes. So in the original story, it got a little confusing because right from this point, uh, part that I just said, it starts talking about, which I'm assuming is a conversation with his mm. sister. So I went back and I was like, what is going on? Did I read it wrong? But I I, I don't know. I think they just Mm. wrote it really strangely. But I'm assuming what happened is is this is later on. And he's talking to his sister at this point in his uh, account. Okay. So let's see here. Um, My sister immediately said it wasn't a warning. At that point, I got a knot in my stomach and the hair on the back of my neck rose with that goosebump chill thing i said what do you mean it was it wasn't in warren since we had driven just about three thousand miles and she nails the sighting <laughs> to within a few miles she says tell me what you saw so i told her what we had seen and she stated that a marshall county deputy sheriff was hit by a ufo about two months ago now i was headed for my military police unit at fort sheridan Illinois so it's it sorry um it is a little bit later that he must have been telling his sister um and I didn't want to get (laughs) labeled as a loony so I only told my friends and relatives about the UFO I chased a few months later I heard the deputy sheriff Val Johnson being Mm. interviewed on a radio talk show and I made up my mind that I would call him and talk with him I called up Marshall County and they said he worked at Uh Oslo Police Department I called the Oslo de- Police Department and stated why I was calling. They um, called Val Johnson at home and he okayed to give mm. me his home phone number. So then I called him 
and stated that I believed I had been chased by the object that hit him. I described to him what had happened. He stated that of all the people who had reported UFO sightings up there, he was sure that I had chased the object that had hit him. He stated that I was describing the incident he was remembering. No, I'm sorry. He stated that as I was describing the incident, he was remembering the small details about the light, such as it being above the center line and it having a brighter, whiter, lower portion that he had never reported in his statements. I had often thought about what it was and why it would be playing cat and mouse in a, with a car in northern Minnesota. The only theory I can come up with is as follows. If it was some kind of extraterrestrial or extra dimensional beings um, were observing our civilization, they would surely be interested mm. in what could hurt them. The Grand Forks Air Force Base um, mm. are not too mm-hmm. far from there. Could it be possible that the object was monitoring the military base from that area? It being about three or four feet above the road surface would give it um, the fertile. I'm sorry. It being three or four feet above the road surface would give it vertical Uh obstacle clearance and keep it below the radar screens. It being above the center line of the road would give it left and right obstacle clearance. So it could go up and down, it could go left and right. (laughs) (laughs) But staying below the radar screens. So um, anyways, vehicles like the sheriff's squad car and my car were probably minor uh, inconveniences Mm -hmm. to its mission, requiring uh, throwing a scare into the Mm, That's really interesting. So that's... That that was really good. Cool. So I know they didn't get to see little pop <laughs> the can, the tin can aliens. Love those. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you didn't get to see that, but mm-hmm. it is quite interesting that um, Val had mm-hmm. remembered all those details, and he's like, "Yeah, actually, yeah. that's what I." That's really interesting. Doing. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. I liked it. I was like, oh, I yeah. love it when it ties in. Yeah. Me. Oh, I that's such that. a good one. If you guys haven't listened to it, walk, listen to it because it's, it's so fun. good. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's episode three and it's labeled as Val Johnson. <laughs> so if you, you need to narrow it down. Val Johnson. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. Well, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Thinking like um, that's there. And then there was that Felix Monkla one that I did where it's in Lake Superior and it's all like, mm-hmm. in like that northern area up there. So it's just like, hmm, are the aliens yeah. checking out that area? Yeah, and according to this guy, he's like, mm-hmm. they could have been observing Air Force bases. Um, Air Force, or um, mm-hmm. Air Force bases. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's interesting, because they're flying, mm-hmm. and we're you. flying. They're mm-hmm. probably like, oh, yeah. are they a threat? Are what they are you okay? like? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. But also, like we had said, that wife was. <laughs> she's just like, what are you doing? This is nonsense. Stop it. Stop it. I don't know. Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. You're being crazy. <laughs> and not only once, but twice he goes off into the yeah. um, side of the road. <laughs> 
like you can totally picture yeah. him as like a young guy or a young person. Yeah, like, I gotta I'm find this know. thing. <laughs> gotta hunt him down. Gotta yeah. catch them all. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. <laughs> Speaking of those kinds of games, I've been playing yeah. the Harry Potter games so much. I've just been watching like YouTube videos and stuff just to kind of like keep myself occupied. Look up my um, mom told me to watch this lady's um, YouTube channel. It's called Oh, Ask I've heard of that. Fishing. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a few episodes and I'm like, oh, I yeah. like her um, delivery and stuff. She's entertaining. And the ones I saw that I ended up watching weren't, weren't, mm-hmm. weren't terribly long so that, you know, you can yeah. learn something new and yeah. be entertained. I think I there was, I was watching this one. It's these two drag queens, Trixie Mattel and Katia. And they had her on one of their shows mm-hmm. and it was, it was really good. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She's really fun seeming. Also, if you watch her episodes, look for this really neat okay. lamp behind her. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find that. <laughs> I love it. I must so have much. that lamp. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll text you it. It's really cool. Um, but anyway, so we yeah. will hopefully be back here soon. Get back on a normal schedule. One reason we were off. Yeah, yeah, you were, were on a cruise. So. <laughs> Cruise, and it was thankfully a, a healthy one. A healthy one. I've That's not good. heard anybody was sick on it, so yeah, yeah we're all good. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll be back in touch. Um, we yeah. hope you're stay safe, stay healthy, down and staying safe. And safety like say, first. Safety first. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, you guys. I'll catch Bye. you later. Bye. Bye.